Open your Bibles, if you would, to Acts chapter 13. We're going to read a rather lengthy portion here. Acts chapter 13. The name of the message is Justification by Christ. Justification by Christ. We're going to read from verses 15 to 42 of Acts chapter 13 to see the context of the verse which we'll look at today. Acts 13, starting in verse 15. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Then Paul stood up, and beckoning with his hand, said, Men of Israel, and ye that fear God, give audience. The God of this people of Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt, and with an high arm bought he them out of it. And about the time of forty years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot. And after that he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward they desired a king. And God gave unto them Saul the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of 40 years. And when he had removed him, look at that. God removed him. God's the one who sets up kings and princes and presidents and prime ministers. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. When John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, and as John fulfilled his course, he said, Whom think ye that I am? I am not he, but behold, there cometh one after me, whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is this word of salvation sent. It's a sent word. Notice that too. It's sent. Sent by God. And they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day. They have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they, Pilate, that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, all that was written of Christ and the law and the prophets, they took him down from the tree and laid him in the sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead. Who raised us from our spiritual deadness? God raised us from our spiritual deadness, didn't he? <clears throat> Same power that was exercised in raising Christ from the grave 
It's the same power that raises us from our natural dead state. And he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings. All the gospel's glad tidings, beloved. How that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same, sent the same unto us as their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second psalm. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And is concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. He said unto the wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. <coughs> Where are the sure mercies of David found? Only in Christ, beloved. Wherefore he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation, each of us serve our own generation. You know that? In Christ, we each serve our own generation. Isn't that amazing? We're called out of our generation. Right? But, and look at, look at this. By the will of God. <laughs> Do you see God's sovereignty all through this as we're reading this? His magnificent sovereignty is on full display, isn't it? He raised up Christ from the grave. He raised Saul up. Then he raised David up. He removed Saul and put David in place. His sovereignty is on full display here. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on asleep. He died at his appointed time and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised saw no corruption. See, Christ was sinless in his birth, sinless in his life, and sinless in his death. And he's, see, death couldn't hold him. Death had no claim on Christ. That's why he raised from the grave. Had no claim on him. No corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, only in Christ. Through this man, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And by him, all that believe are what? Justified from all things. Look at that. Look at that. And by him, through Christ, all that believe, all that believe on Christ, are justified from all things, from which you could not be justified by the law of, of, of Moses. So the law can never justify a person. As we looked at in Sunday school, all it can do is show you condemnation. But those ceremonies were all pictures of Christ, weren't they? Pointing you to the one, there's one coming. And now we see here, He's being proclaimed. And by him, Christ, all that believe are justified from all things, from all our sins, from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Law couldn't save us. All it could do is show us our sin. Beware, therefore, lest you come, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, you despisers and wonder and perish. For I work, look at who does the work here. For I work a work in your days. God's the one who does the work. God's the one who does the saving. A work which ye shall no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. How many people, as this message goes out to all over the world, how many people just 
Some people may hear it and just say, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. They may hear somebody telling them, proclaiming Christ to them and say, I don't believe that. Well, it's the truth. As I said, as I said in Sunday school, we don't have to prove that Christ is the only redeemer. The scriptures proclaim that. We don't have to prove anything. The scriptures declare who he is. He's the only savior of sinners. We don't have to, we don't have to debate with people. We don't have to prove it. Because the scriptures proclaim it. Right? And we know who the true author of the scriptures are. It's God himself. God the Holy Spirit. He's the true author. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought them that the, these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Well, someone's now got a hunger for the word. The Jews just stomped on out of there. And here's the Gentiles going, can we hear this? Can we hear more? Can we hear more? Can you tell us next week a little bit more? Oh, do you think that they wondered in anticipation about what they were going to hear? <laughs> oh, yeah, they did. The Holy Spirit's working on them. They sure wondered. <laughs> they sure wondered. Verse 39 will be our text. Look at this. And by him, that's Christ, all that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. The damage that sin has done, beloved, we will never fully understand. Because we're sinners from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet. Sin has wrought a terrible damage. And it's wide, isn't it? Because there's none that's born that's not a sinner. It reaches far and wide. Because we're sinners, our children will be sinners. Christ is the only one who was sinless. Absolutely perfect. He's the seed of the woman. He's not the seed of men. We're the seed of men. Adam. When Adam fell, we were all in him. We fell with him. Sin's death-dealing bombs have exploded in every human heart so that we come out of the womb speaking lies. My, oh, my. There's not one who doeth good, and one, there's not one who sinneth not. We're all sinners by, I like what Henry used to say, by birth, nature, and choice. People say, well, I don't believe that. Well, the scriptures declare it. There's none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We don't have to prove nothing, beloved. That's what the scriptures declare. By faith, we believe it, don't we? See, someone says, well, I, 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 don't, I don't believe that. Well, God's not upset. He's not up there wringing his hands thinking, oh, such and such doesn't believe that. God is sovereign. God is almighty. God is angry with the wicked. 
My, oh, my. He's the great God. And whatever anyone thinks about sin, the truth is that sin has left an awful mark upon humanity. It has. We are fallen in Adam, beloved. And sin has so infected us that our thoughts are corrupted by sin. Everything we do is corrupted by sin. Someone says, well, I'm not that bad of a sinner. Well, look at your dreams. You want to just look at the things we say? Look at your dreams. Could you imagine if our thoughts were exposed to the world for just 15 seconds? Just 15 seconds. Would anyone want to be around us? See, sin has corrupted us. And this includes everyone who comes into this world. The natural man is in a state of both spiritual darkness and moral darkness. They call evil good. And they call good evil. And we were there before the Lord saved us. Sin has so darkened natural man's mind that the things of God are foolishness to him. Think of that. Before the Lord saved you, what did you think of the things of God? You may have been raised in the church. You may have heard great gospel truths proclaimed. But what did they really mean to you? You may have been like others who never went to church. Who thought the things of God were foolishness. What do you think of them now as a child of God? (laughs) What do you think of the things of God now? They're wonderful, aren't they? They're incredible. See, God's made you to differ. God's given you an understanding of who he is and what sin is and that the only remedy, the only cure for sin is the death of the Lord Jesus Christ as a great substitute. The sinless one dying for sinners. He's the only hope. So look at man from the standpoint of his affections. Man loves himself. Man loves himself. Man looks out for himself. Scripture declares, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are light. Walk as children of the light. We're not to walk in the ways we used to walk. We're to walk as children of light now. Rejoicing in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the carnal mind is enmity to God. That means hatred. There was someone who used to attend here, and they came up to me one time after I brought that verse up. The carnal mind is enmity against God and, and not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. And That person came up to me and said, you said that that means hatred. And I said, yeah, that's what the scripture says. That in the Greek, it's hatred. 
And they said, well, I never hated God. I said, really? You never hated God? No, I never hated God. I said, well, then I don't think you know Christ. Because that's what the scripture declares. See, the problem isn't the scriptures. The problem is us. When we really see our sinful state for what it is, we will take sides with God against ourselves. Scripture declares the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So look at man in his first estate. Look at how we've all transgressed the law of God. Look at what the scripture says when it says, Wherefore is by one man sin into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. See, that's the bad news. Before we hear the good news, we have to hear the bad news, don't we? The bad news is we all fell in Adam. We all fell in Adam. Sin entered in the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. That's what the scriptures declare. If the natural man was in his right mind, such a condition would make him miserable beyond words. But with a ruined mind, he walks on the principle of hell without knowing it, not caring about anything. No care for God. Thinks everybody's a worse sinner than they are. I'm talking from experience. Thought everybody else was worse. Suppose a man commits murder and immediately loses his mind. The process of the law in his indictment or arrest and conviction makes no impression on the fact that he does not grasp the meaning of his sentence. And this is the way with the sinner until the Holy Spirit opens his heart to the things of God and convicts him of his sin and of our ruin, and brings before the convinced sinner the awfulness of sin, and then brings before the sinner Christ through the preaching of the word, through the preaching of the gospel. And how glorious it is. How glorious the gospel is. If sin ruins the mind, then in salvation there's given a sound mind, right? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of Power and of love and of a sound mind. Single-minded. Look into Christ. See, fear will evaporate when we look to Christ. That's why I love that portion that Brother Tom read, because it's so, God tells us, consider the birds. One animal, just consider the birds. They don't work, and yet our Heavenly Father takes care of them. I walked out this morning, they're just singing a storm. (laughs) It's wonderful. Consider the flower, the lily. It doesn't work, it doesn't toil, it doesn't spin, and look how beautiful it is. Look how it's arrayed. Look how it's dressed. If it's dressed that beautiful, how much more will God take care of us? If, if not even a sparrow falls to the ground without the Lord knowing, how much more will he take care of us? 
Think of how much a mother loves her children. I remember when I was little, and my mom, she went through all my operations together, everything. My dad had to work, but my mom was there all the time. Six months in the cast at home, from the, the tip of my toes to the hair. Couldn't move. She took care of me every single day. Now, I, I never knew a love like that until I got married and then saw the same thing happen. And it's incredible. It's absolutely amazing. But that love that my mom had for me and that your mom had for you does not even touch the love that God has for his people. Doesn't even come close. And think of how much a mother cares for a child. I was watching Jill with Rowan. That, that little guy, he's so dependent on his mama. She's got to dress him. She's got to put him down for a nap. She's got to feed him. He has no ability to take care of himself, does he? That's us, beloved. That's why that passage is so sweet that Brother Tom read. Because we see God's providential care for his people. And he said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He told us that. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I, I, won't, I won't leave you alone. So think about the affections of, of a man before he's saved. We drink sin like water, don't we? We have no care and we don't even struggle with sin. Let's read our text again there in Acts chapter 13, verse 39. Let's consider our sin makes us guilty before God. But those who are in Christ, those who are born again by God the Holy Spirit, those whom Christ has redeemed at Calvary's throne, those who have been granted faith to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, have all their sins forgiven. Look at, look at the mar marvel at this. And by him, by who? Well, who is it speaking of? It's speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's speaking of the God-man. It's speaking of God incarnate in the flesh. He's not like us. Do you remember when he touched the leper and he wasn't defiled? It's because he's sinless. Because he's God. Now, if we touched the leper, we'd be defiled. My, oh, my. But he's not defiled at all. He's perfect. He's sinless. Look at what it says. And by him, so that's Christ, the God-man. All that believe are justified. Well, the, the Greek word there... For justified, do you know what it means? It means to render righteous. To render righteous. Now, can we render ourselves righteous? Not at all, can we? Scripture says, again, and we don't argue with it, we just believe it. All our righteousness are like filthy rags in the eyes of the Lord. But here the scripture says, and by him, that's Christ, all that believe, here's a question for you. Do you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? I don't just mean believe that he actually came to this earth. I mean, is he your everything? Is he your all in all? Is he your savior? Are you resting your eternal soul upon him who is the only savior of sinners? Because if you are, it says here that you've been rendered righteous. You could never make yourself righteous. 
But God has made you righteous. And by him all that believe are justified. All that believe are rendered righteous. From what? From all things. From all things. It also means this. The word justified in the Greek also means to show, to exhibit, to reveal one to be righteous. To show, to exhibit, to reveal one to be righteous. We cannot make ourselves righteous. But the scriptures here declare that all who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ are made righteous. Do you feel righteous? I don't feel righteous. Do you? I feel like I'm a sinner. But this isn't up for debate, is it? Just because I feel like I'm a sinner, because I am a sinner, this portion of Scripture says, all that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ are rendered righteous. Martin Luther used to say, feelings come and feelings go. Right? But feelings can deceive us. Right? But look at this. All that believe are justified. Do you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? I pray that if you, if you do not, that God will make it so that he give you faith to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It also means this, to declare, pronounce one to be just. One to be just. Do you feel just? No, we don't feel just, do we? But the scriptures declare we are. Isn't that wonderful? And it's God, we, we saw in the passage when we read the passage, it was God who was doing all the work, wasn't he? See, context of the verses is so important. So that's why I read that. I know it was a long portion, but that's why I read that. Because all through that we see God working. He says, I've done this and I've done this. And now the scriptures declare, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, that all who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ are justified from all things, rendered righteous. Goes to declare to pronounce one to be just, righteous, or such as he ought to be. Well, how can we as sinners stand in the presence of God? We must be made righteous. Right? We must be made righteous to be able to stand in the presence of God. Then marvel at what this verse says. <laughs> God's people are made righteous. And, and does, it, does this say that, that all that believed are justified when they get to heaven? Because, you know, you just might mess up and out you go. No, it doesn't say that, does it? This is, this is cause for great rejoicing. It says, all who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ are justified from all things. That means right now. I'm looking at folks who profess Christ that are justified in God's sight. Isn't that wonderful? That's amazing. That's the best news for a sinner, isn't it? 
We can't justify ourselves. We can't make ourselves righteous. But here it declares that we're rendered righteousness, righteous. And that's all by God's power, beloved. This is good news. And to justify a sinner, to make us righteous in Christ is an act of God's free grace and mercy. Do you know that? The fact that we are made righteous, rendered righteous in Christ is an act, a display of God's mercy and grace. In each one of us who, are, who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of God and his regenerating power, it all comes about because of the free grace of God. He freely pardons the sinner in Christ. He does it. We can't, we can't pardon ourselves. We can't pardon anyone else. And it says here that he justifies him in Christ. Notwithstanding all our unworthiness and all our transgressions, the scriptures declare right here in this verse. And, all, and, and by him all that believe are justified are rendered righteous. we just sit here, couldn't we? And just think about that for a while. Let that sink into your soul, beloved. Let that just fill you with joy. Because this is, the, this is not, I'm just a messenger. This is what the Word of God says. This is what God's Word proclaims. And by him, all that believe. Do you believe on him? All that believe are justified, are rendered righteous from all things. That, that means all, that all things. Well, the law had a claim on me, but no, no. But the wrath of God says, says my sins deserve death. Yes, they do. And Christ dies in my room and place. And because of what he's done, we are justified. We are justified. God delivers the born-again, blood-washed saint himself. God does this. Christ is God incarnate in the flesh. He delivers his people from their sins. He saves his people from their sins. He he saves us from the guilt of sin. And we can carry a great weight with the guilt of sin, but remember, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Live in that freedom, beloved. When, when Satan whispers in your ears about your sin, live in the freedom that we have in Christ. Flee to him continuously. Just keep going to him. We don't just come to Christ once and say, okay, I'm good. My car, I, got, I punched my time card. I'm good now. We keep coming to Christ, don't we? That's why it says, let us boldly come to the throne of grace that we may obtain grace to help in time of need. Grace and mercy. We continuously go to our king, don't we? And God the Father, according to this scripture here, God the Father accepts the blood-washed, born-again saint in Christ. And thus the believer 
is blessed with being justified before God. Isn't that amazing? We are now able to be in the presence of God. When we die and depart from this world, we go immediately to be in the presence of God. But right now, while we're here on this earth, while we're struggling with sin each and every day, we're justified. And God doesn't unjustify us. Isn't that wonderful? He doesn't say, well, you know, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. When God saves a person, he does that on purpose. God has this church here for his purpose. I was sent here to preach the gospel by God's purpose and grace and will. Isn't that amazing? We were all brought together by the purpose of God. He did this all on purpose. He saved you on purpose. It wasn't by accident. Isn't that wonderful? It wasn't by chance or luck. It was on purpose. Isn't that amazing? You are who you are because God purposed you will be who you are. Think of that. Think of where we were before the the Lord saved us. And then he saves us. And then he, he brings us into a gospel fellowship. And he allows us to enjoy the company of the other believers, rejoicing in the same gospel that we believe. And he does it on purpose. And each one of you is chosen out of your generation, just like I'm chosen out of my generation. Like we saw with David. David served his generation. And that's all on purpose. Marvel at that. When you get down, sometimes we go through and we get down sometimes, don't we? Marvel at the fact that despite our unworthiness, despite our sinfulness, God chose us on purpose. God saved us on purpose. We're justified on purpose. Isn't that amazing? You talk about mercy. And God accepts us only because of the finished work of Christ. Only because he died as our substitute. And we saw he was raised without corruption. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father, right? King of kings and Lord of lords. That's that's our Savior. That's, That's why we're justified from all things. Because you know why? God justified us. We can't justify ourselves or anybody else. But for God's people, we are justified by God. That's cause for rejoicing. Turn, if you would, to Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Justification is the opposite of condemnation. The justified man is not condemned, and if not condemned, will not be punished. Because Christ was, the, the wrath that was due us fell upon our Savior in our place. That's the marvel of this justification. 
we're justified by another. We can't justify ourselves, but, but God himself has justified us. We're justified by God. That's why no one can lay a charge to God's elect. You know the scripture says that? No one can lay a charge to God's elect. You know why? Because it's God who justifies. Just think of that. Now we can lay a lot on our own stuff, can't we? But God, God's justified us, beloved. We've, we've been rendered righteous. Isn't that amazing? Because You know why? Because we're clothed in that perfect, spotless righteousness of Christ. Look at here in Galatians. Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 to 9. Look at this. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? Now, they had, been, they had been led astray by the Judaizers, people who said you must be circumcised to be saved, along with faith in Christ. See, they're adding something to the finished work of Christ. This only will I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law? Now look what he's bringing forth here. Are you born again by the works of the law? Well, we know the answer, right? It's no. Or by the hearing of faith. Well, we're born again by the hearing of faith. God gives us, he regenerates us. He gives us faith to believe. Right? Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit? Now look at this. Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Look at that. What a contrast there. You see what he's bringing forth? He's, he's saying, you were born again of the Holy Spirit of God. And now you're trying to, to finish your, what he, remember, God's the author and the finisher of our salvation, right? We're being stones being made ready. We're being conformed to the image of Christ, the scripture says. He's saying to them, well, the Holy Spirit is conforming you. Are you now doing that work? By the supposed deeds of the law? And then he says, have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? Have you suffered for the cause of Christ, and now you're trying to add something to that which, which Christ finished? He, therefore, that ministered to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doth he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Oh, my. Does God work because people obey the law or does God work because he, he has compassion on whom here have compassion and here have mercy on whom here have mercy? It's God's work, not ours. Even as Abraham believed God. Now there's the key. Now there's the key. Remember, remember our text? And by him all that believe are justified. You mean Abraham has the same faith as I do? Yep. He believed God, didn't he? Scripture says in our text, and by him all that believe are justified from all things, from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. So you see how important it is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? It's absolutely vital. He alone is the Savior. <clears throat> 
Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, he trusted God. He trusted Christ. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham? (laughs) In the scripture foreseeing that God would what? Justify the heathen. Well, that's what we're looking at today. That God would make righteous the heathen those who give faith to, that God would render righteous the heathen. I'm a heathen, do you know that? I'm a Gentile, so are you. Look at that. God would justify the heathen, how? Through faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God, amen. The word of God. Preach the, before the gospel unto Abraham? What? Yep. Remember all those ceremonies pointed to Christ? They were, they were shadows of he who is the substance. Remember what we looked at in Sunday school? The law condemns, but the ceremonies show Christ. My, oh, my. In the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Oh, it's incredible. I'm glad it says the heathen there, though. I'm so thankful it says that. It doesn't just say the Jews. See, God's elect are from every tribe, kindred, tongue, and nation, beloved. There are people that no man can number. So justification is the opposite of condemnation. Again, the justified man or woman is not condemned, and if not condemned, will not be punished, because Christ was punished in our place. That's incredible. Justification does not describe any moral change brought in the sinner. Justification does not make a man righteous, but it is the declaration that he is righteous before the law of God. In and through the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way we are righteous is in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's an operation of God, beloved. Justification before God through Christ delivers a man or a woman from the guilt of our sin. Not from the presence, though, eh? But one day that'll come. One day that'll come. Who is the author of this justification? Turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. Who is the author of this justification? Romans chapter 8. I stand before you a man who's been justified by God. And if you're a believer, you've been justified by God. Isn't that wonderful? Because that's what our scripture said that we looked at, right? All who believe on him are justified. We don't always feel justified, do we? As a matter of fact, we hardly ever feel like we're justified. But the scripture declares it. It's not up for debate. It's not up for debate. Look at this in Romans chapter 8. Starting verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. 
all things work for our good. Even the hard times. All things. To them that love God, to them who are what? The called according to his purpose. Remember I said earlier, God does things on purpose. For whom he did foreknow, and notice this is all past tense, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. In whom he called, them he also justified. In whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say then? What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God Almighty, all sovereign, powerful over the whole universe, and every there's not a there's not a molecule that doesn't move because uh, unless He commands it. If he saved us, then we're saved, aren't we? If he's justified us, then we're justified. Who shall condemn us then? Shall the law condemn us? Can the law can't condemn us because we're justified in Christ. Can other people condemn us? Well, they can look at us and say, well, yeah, look at those guys. But the scripture says that just falls on deaf ears. does what should we then say to these things if god before us who can be against us and remember this is the same passage in romans 8 1 it says there is therefore now no condemnation to those in christ jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit and that means judgment why is there no why won't there be a big tv screen and all our past things will be played even as believers why will that never happen why is that a fabrication of man's imagination? Well, the scripture right here tells us why. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If we're justified before God, then he'll never bring our sins up to us again. Will he? No. Because there is therefore now no condemnation, no judgment to those in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. This is wonderful news. It gets even better, though. Listen to this. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I was talking to Vicky today, and our, our boy got the second shot, and he's not, he's, 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 he's having a hard time. And I saw Vicky right away. You know, it's Mother's Day. She's up. She's taking care of him right away. And I thought, boy, you know, the love that a mom has for their children is just incredible. Love that dad has too, but the love that a mom has is just it's 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 incredible. And later on we were we're talking and I said I know how I feel about Joshua being sick now and I wish I could take his place. Right? Cuz we always wish that we could take that upon us, don't we? And I said, "Could you imagine what it was like for the father to see his son dying on the cross?" And this scripture says here, he didn't spare him. Can you imagine? And then it says that Christ cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And I remember commentators saying, God forsake God so that we would never be forsaken. 
That's wonderful. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. That's all God's people. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? That's wonderful. Now, people can lay things to us and say, oh, well, I, I don't like how that guy talks, or I don't like how he does things, or this and that. They can, they can say whatever they want. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. I stand before you, man justified by God. And if you're a believer, you're justified by God. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. That's absolutely amazing. It is God that justified. There's, there's the reason that, why no one can lay any charge to us. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. So God's the author of this justification spoken of. Let's go back to our text in Acts chapter 13, verse 39. He's the author of this justification. Acts 13, 39. And by him, that being Christ, all that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. Why can't we be judged? Well, because God's justified us. I ask you, who hear this message here with us and who will hear it as it goes out, has God justified you? Have you been justified by God? I didn't ask if you justified yourself, because that could never be. Has God justified you? Only those who are born again of the Holy Spirit of God, only those who look to Christ by faith can draw comfort from this blessed verse that we're looking at. This blessed truth of justification before God. No sinner can justify themselves. The holy law of God must be satisfied, right? Must be. Can you satisfy the law of God? Can I satisfy the law of God? Not in anything we do or say or think, right? Because we're sinners from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. So we must look to the one who justifies sinners. We must look to the one who's spoken of this in this verse and by him. All that believe are justified from all things. And the way of justification is brought forth in this verse too. Scriptures declare that the only way for us to be justified from our sins is God must justify us. He must do it. If he doesn't do it, we'll never be justified. Natural man always tries to justify themselves by something they do. And I'll tell you what, it's so subtle. It's so subtle. Man can disguise these things. Thinking I'm, I'm going to do this for God. I'm gonna, but all along, it's, they're doing it for themselves to be seen of man. My We are 
to just rest and trust in our great God, the only one who can justify a sinner, the Lord Jesus Christ. And man's way of justification is futile. It will lead to their eternal doom. But God's ways are effective ways. When God says that a man or a woman is justified, then they are justified. And who are the ones who are justified? Those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what our text tells us, right? Do you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you trusting him and him alone for the salvation of your eternal soul? If you say no, then you're not justified. If you're not born again, then you're not justified. Because the Lord himself said you must be born again. And it's God who must do this. So what do we do then? Well, then we cry out with the publican, don't we? God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And I'll tell you what, if you cry that out, you're never going to stop crying that out. If God gives you faith to cry that out, you're, you're going to cry that out for the rest of your life. The rest of your days, you're going to cry out, God, be merciful to me. And you won't be looking at anybody else and saying, well, that person's worse than me, because you know, as Paul said, I'm the chief of sinners. So the only way for us to be justified is in and through Christ, and God must justify us. Man, do, you know that, do you know that man's attempt to justify themselves actually destroys God's justice? Because it, it overlooks their sin. It overlooks their sin. But God's way, God's way of salvation honors his justice. You know why? Because it's satisfying. It's satisfied in Christ, in Christ alone. Now, justification by works takes a thousand forms, beloved. Some people say by their church going or observing the ordinances or their character or their family tree because their parents are Christians, well, they're Christians. I've even heard people say they were born a Christian. I never see that in Scripture. Never seen that yet in Scripture. But people claim it. Or they claim because they believe a certain way or certain doctrines or their reputation or their honesty or the fact that they're sober and others aren't. In countless other ways, that's how man justifies themselves. And this justification in that manner simply shows their blindness. Shows their blindness to the things of Christ. Listen to what Job wrote. He said, if I justify myself, mine own mouth shall condemn me. Huh? If I say I am perfect, it shall also prove me perverse. Keep thee far from a false matter, in the innocent and righteous. Slay thou not, for I will justify, I will not justify the wicked. And then listen to what it says in the New Testament. And the Pharisees also, who were covetous, heard all these things, and, de- and they derailed him. They de- derailed Christ. And he said, ye are they which justify yourselves before men. Ye justify yourselves before men. But God knoweth your hearts. He knows your heart. 
For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. So God's way of justifying sinners in and through the Lord Jesus Christ honors his justice and honors his law. And marvel at this wonderful text that we looked at today. God's people are rendered righteous by a work of God. And no one can lay anything to the charge of God's elect. No one can condemn us. I don't care what they say. They may say the most awful things to you. But it does not change the fact that God's people are justified before God. And what do we say? 